Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. All families fight, but how do we do this as followers of Jesus, as Christians? How do we fight fair? Well, today we're going to wrap up our series titled Fight Healthy Habits for Families, really healthy habits for all of us who live in relationship with other people. So again, unless you're living under a rock or you're a hermit hiding out in a cave, you know, our cabin in the middle of nowhere, we have to interact with other people. So how do we live with other people? And when we have disagreements, when we have fights, do it in ways that are healthy, that help to build and restore our relationships. In this series, we've been looking at what happens when those weaknesses enter our relationship, those weaknesses that come in because of sin, when we experience conflict, and offer guidance from God's Word about how we are to approach and handle disagreements, how we are to live in relationship to one another. So we do that, I've got a question for you. When it comes to your wardrobe, is it fashion or function? Fashion or function. Think about that for a moment. If you're online, you can type that word in, fashion or function. If you do that, here's a quote from Mark Twain. Mark Twain said, clothes make a man. Naked people have little or no influence on society. I don't know what you think about that. If you ever had the dream of being naked, you know, that's probably what makes you panic like that. Or you've heard the term dress for what? Success, right? Fashion or function. Maybe you're more like a fashion person. You're like this couple here, Britt and Gunther. I, I, I love that. If you have seen this picture of these couples before, this couple, you know, they, they, they are like hipsters. I don't know how old they are, but they are, they are not young. And, and, and they, are, they always look good. Just, you know, type in Britt and Gunther, and you got pictures of this couple that are just dressed so, so wonderfully, just, just hipster-looking couple. You know, or maybe you're a little more like this guy here. Fashion's not your thing. It's function. This guy in a baseball cap on. He's got flannel shirt and some gloves. He's got that, you know, saw, chainsaw with the back of his shoulder. He's going to go out and do what? He's going to chop some firewood and drop it off at my house. <laughs> you know, he's, he's all about function. You know, it doesn't matter how he really looks. He's just there to be functional in what he's going to do. So fashion or function. Or maybe, maybe you have a third one in there. It's called Febreze. You know what Febreze is, don't you? If you have a son or if you're a young guy, especially, I don't want to pick on us guys, but it's when you have a pile of dirty laundry and you pick it up, you go, oh, not that one. You pick it up, not that one. And finally you pick up one, you yeah, that'll work. It'll spray some Febreze. You put it on, you're good to go, right? Fashion, function, or Febreze. Well, today we're going to talk about wardrobe, and but not the wardrobe that we wear, whether it's fashionable or functional or it's been Febreze, but rather the wardrobe that God gives us to wear in Jesus Christ. So we do that, we're going to read Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14. This is going to be our focus uh, from the text that we had just a little earlier. Let's read together. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we are thankful that you are here. And as you work through your word as you promised, we pray that you will form and shape us to be the people that you desire us to be. 
We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Well, Paul writes this letter to the church in Colossae. As Paul does this, Paul, this is one of his prison letters. Paul is in prison. He's been in prison because he had done what he has done a number of times. He's telling people about Jesus, that Jesus, you know, is the promised Messiah to the Hebrew people and to, to the Greeks, to those who are non-Jewish people. He's saying, look, there's a God who loves you, a God who's got a great plan for your life and has done some amazing things for you in this promised Savior. And, of course, that upset the religious leaders. And so they accused Paul. They worked with the Roman government. They accused Paul of being kind of a rebel rouser. And so they'd have him often under house arrest. So here he is under house arrest. He's never met these people in Colossae, this community of believers. But rather, one of his co-workers, Ephesus, was the one that got this community of believers going. And he's come to visit Paul in prison. He's telling him all about this group of believers that have gathered there and, and some of the great things about them, some of the challenges they are facing because, you know, they live in a culture that is not wrapped around their beliefs. I mean, they're, they're learning to change some of the ways they are living because of this belief and this relationship they have with Jesus. And they're finding some of these challenges. So as Paul writes to them, he's encouraging them. This is how you live out this love that God has for you and how it begins to shape not just your time on Sunday morning, but it shapes your every moment. It shapes your interaction with God and your interaction with other people, your relationships. So to do that, let's take a look at the wardrobe that Paul you know, spells out for us, this wardrobe that God gives us. Wouldn't it be kind of nice if God gave you a wardrobe every day? For some of us, that'd be great. For some of us, that's like maybe our wives or our moms who just say, wear this, and you're good to go. But the wardrobe that God gives us here that Paul rolls out for us, the first is compassion. Compassion. It, more literally, it's the bowels of mercy. It, it, it's, it's kind of the upper intestines, you know, are being moved. Not because you had, you know... Uh, pepperoni pizza late last night and it's just kind of moving in your gut. Or like, you know, years ago when I was eating Braunschweiger, if you know what Braunschweiger is, how many of you like Braunschweiger? That's good stuff. With a big chunk of sharp cheddar cheese and some mustard and pumpernickel bread. But I, I tell you what, I will never do that late at night again for a snack because I had the weirdest dreams and the most unusual stomach. I had just not a good idea. But, you know, compassion is it, it, what moves us. This is what we hear about Jesus when it says that Jesus had compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. His splanchia, his guts, and kind of his bowels were moving. So it's, it's, it's this sense of this intense feeling that that moves us to feel personally touched and connected. So compassion is something that, that moves us because of the compassion that God has for us in Jesus. So we have compassion for others, for those who are closest to us, those in our family, to those in our church community, to those in the community that we live with, the people we interact with at work, at school, and the other places that you know we connect with. Another part of that wardrobe that we have is kindness. Kindness. Now, the word that you, Paul uses here is the word that he alone uses. It's expressed in um, attitude, but not just simply attitude. It's expressed in action. So it's not just that, you know, I think I'll be kind, but, but it's, it's an action. And it's, it's an action that, that often requires personal expense. Again, let's take a look at God. God showed kindness towards all of us to the whole world in sending his son, Jesus Christ. And the kindness that God demonstrates, he demonstrates by sending his son, Jesus, who does what? He gives his life for us on the cross. God's kindness came at personal expense. 
because it cost the Son, His Son, who bled and died for us on the cross. And so we are called to live out this same kind of kindness so that when we are kind to one another, sometimes it means, yeah, it costs us personal expense. It may not cost us our life, you know, being crucified, but it costs us being willing to give up something, to offer something for someone else, to show them kindness. Another part of our wardrobe is humility. Humility is the opposite, as you probably figured out, of arrogance. It's the opposite of pride. It's being unpretentious. Again, we look to our God. We look to our Savior. Paul writes about this in Philippians that, you know, even though here's this God, you know, the Savior of the creator of the universe living in heaven, that he humbled himself, that he was born into our world, that he came to live under the same law, the same demands that we have to live under, but he lived them perfectly. And then, then he humbled himself and he died this horrible death of the cross for you, for me, for the whole world. He took all of our sins, all of our failures, all of our wrongdoings, all of the times that we were lacked compassion, all the times that we were not kind or humble. He took all that at the cross so that we could live in God's love. So we live in the humility that he has for us. The next part of our wardrobe is gentleness. Gentleness, you know, another translation might say meekness. And so we think of the words that Jesus says and what we call the Beatitudes. You know, the, the meek will inherit the earth. That meekness is not weakness. That meekness means that when we suffer at the hands of someone else, that our first response is not to harm them or get revenge. I don't know about you, but I'm not always very meek. You know, at least in my thoughts sometimes, I'm thinking I'm going to get them. Now, get them might just be, you know, can I be a rotten person or honk my horn at them. Talk, I talk about the roundabout a lot because that's not a place where I can be very meek. You know, you cut me off or you're going slow. But kindness, compassion, humility, and gentleness. Treating others with the gentleness that our God treats us with. That rather than getting revenge or harming us because of our wrongdoings, because of all the way back to Adam and Eve, he shows gentleness. Jesus was often so gentle and meek. The other part of our wardrobe is patience. Patience. Now, patience, not really patience in the sense of, you know, the circumstances we're going through. There are other scriptures that speak to that. But patience in dealing with difficult people. Have you ever dealt with difficult people before? Some of you are sitting by somebody on the couch. Some of you are sitting by somebody in the pew. You know, are they ever difficult? You shake your head and say, yeah. Yeah, you know, if you got a husband and wife, you got brothers or sisters, you know, moms and dads, they're difficult. And then look at yourself real quick, you know, I mean, eternally, I don't know if you can turn your eyeballs inside. Are you ever a difficult person? If you're honest, you're going to say, yes, I'm difficult. And, and you talk about that, having patience with people that are difficult. And, you know, especially this it's been 11 months now. 11 months we've been doing this whole COVID thing and wearing masks and social distancing and, and the stress that's going on in our society and our culture and politics and all those kind of things. I mean, sometimes that makes us more stress and sometimes we have been more difficult and, and others have been more difficult and yet being patient, just as our God is patient with us. We hear that in Scripture a number of times, that God is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but he wants everyone to turn, to repent and turn to his son, Jesus Christ. God is patient with us, and he calls us to be patient with others. And then the other is to bear with each other, or some older translations might use the word forbearance. I like that word, forbearance. Bearing with each other means that 
we realize we're living with sinners. We are living with people that are not perfect, just like we are not perfect, just like we are sinners. And we offer a lot of grace. I hope that they offer us a lot of grace again. We go back to God. This, if you kind of kind of pattern here in this wardrobe we have, it keeps going back to God. Because God bears with us. God shows you and I a lot of grace. Again and again, he shows us his grace. He gives us that grace. Even when we are unbearable. Even when we continue to do and be the same way that we've always been, God shows us grace. And he calls us to demonstrate, to show that same grace to others. And imagine if in our households, in our community of believers, in our community as we go out and live in that community, if we showed a lot more grace to others. And then he says forgiveness. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So not only do we bear our, with what each, put up with one another in that sense, bear with each other, but we also do what? We forgive. The Greek literally here, Paul uses a word that says this giving, this forgiving is a grace, or is a grace, is a gift that's given freely. It's a gift that we give. So when you forgive someone, when someone forgives you, that is a precious gift. And it goes again back to the gift that our God gives to us in Jesus, that he forgives us. It goes back to the sermon we had from last Sunday. The Sunday, you know, we talked about God forgiving. It's that God forgives us graciously, that he forgives us freely, and that he forgives us repeatedly. And we talked about three Ds. You know, it talks about us forgiving others. The first D we do is we decide that we're going to do it. We decide in faith that we're going to live the forgiveness that God has given to us in Jesus. We're going to forgive someone. And we're going to depend on God's grace, his love, his forgiveness toward us, his Holy Spirit that can empower us, even in the most difficult situations, to begin working on and living that forgiveness toward others. And this third D is we're going to do it. We're going to forgive by the power of God's Spirit working in us. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with each other, and forgiveness. And then Paul says, and over all of these virtues, over all of these attributes, put on love. Bind them together with love. Now, as Paul mentions the necessity of putting on love, over this great litany of these attributes that's featured here in Colossians 3. He's, he's not just saying that, you know, love is kind of the finishing touch. But rather, love is what, you know, holds them together. It's a stark contrast that if you have these attributes, but yet if, if, if you begin to fall, again, think of a wardrobe. If you begin to pull on that little string there, you know, that thread that's there, begin to pull on that, if you don't have love, you know, the entire wardrobe's going to fall off and you'll be standing there what? Naked, Yeah. I mean, all of these virtues, all of these attributes, they're all bound together in love. And again, we took, look to who for love? We look to our God. That God, Romans 5, demonstrates his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Or that God demonstrates his love for us and that he sends his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, John three sixteen. That they will know that we are Christians. They will know we are followers of Jesus by our love, our love for one another and the love that we live in relationship to others because of the love that our God has for us. That love is that agape love. It's a love that is not always, not ever from our God, a deserving love, but a love he gives to us freely. And it's a love that shapes our love and our relationship with others. 
know, God calls us to this wardrobe. He calls us to wear love. He calls us to wear love everywhere we go. You know, maybe if you're like me, I realize my wardrobe needs some adjustments. But as we do that, we come before our God who helps us in his grace and love to adjust our wardrobes. He comes in the areas that need some mending, he mends that. And again, he calls us out to wear that wardrobe of love everywhere we go. So here's the challenge as we enter this new week, as we enter the season of Lent. How will you make love a part of your wardrobe this week? How will you make love, God's love, his love for you, his love for all others, a part of your wardrobe this week? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we give you thanks. You continue to work through your word. You continue to work and shape us by the love that we have from our God in his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to see how we can wear the love of God in our lives everywhere as we go this week. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.